And if you would stand and honor God's Word, she's going to read two scriptures. Um, thank you, Amelia. Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Philippians two three to five. Do nothing out of selfish selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. How many are interested in the stock market here? Anyone? Okay, there are some. How about the commodities market? Now, the commodities market is a market where they sell raw materials to make something else, like sweet crude. How many know what sweet crude is? Sweet crude oil. Okay, sweet crude oil has less than 5% sulfur. That's what sweet crude oil is. And refineries like to get that because it's easier to refine. Now, also in the commodities market, they have... Uh, Agriculture and agriculture, they'll sell corn and soy and, and, and hogs and, and stuff like that. Then there's a, the metals market, and which I wanted to talk about today. Uh, there's uh, gold, silver, platinum, copper, and other precious metals that are traded on the commodities market. Today, there's a lot of commercials on TV about buying gold and silver. Leard Capital. Or maybe it's Rosalind Capital. You see these ads on TV, especially around uh, uh, maybe dinner time or supper when you uh, maybe are watching TV and there's business people there and they're trying to sell you gold and they're trying to sell you bags of silver. How many have noticed that? How many have a bag of silver, one pound bag of silver? Well, shut my mouth. Oh, that's right. I remember somebody telling me they had a one pound bag of silver. Well, silver traded Friday at $25 and 34 cent an ounce. And gold traded at 1994 cent an ounce. And if you wanted to buy a one pound bag of silver, 16 ounces, that one pound silver bag would cost you $405.44. Assuming that it's just the spot market you're buying on and they don't add something onto it that makes the silver more. A one pound bag of gold, 16 ounces, would cost you $31,904. For the same weight, both silver and gold uh, ha, uh, are, are valuable, but they have a huge difference. Today, I want to speak about the value of two rules. One we know is the golden rule, and the other one is the silver rule. One is more, it's more valuable than the other. Both the silver and the gold rule. As I said, one is more value than the other, but they're both valuable. This saying of Jesus about the golden rule uh, is very familiar. Even to non-Christians, they know it. Because when you make a mistake, they'll talk to you about do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
So in everything Jesus says, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. This saying is not unique to Christians. Confucius taught what you do not want done to yourself, do not do unto others. The Greek philosophers thought, do not do to others what you would not wish to suffer yourself. Rabbi Himmel, who lived 500 years before Jesus, and he understood his teaching because it was, uh, that teaching was very prevalent among the rabbis during Jesus' time, he taught, what, if, what is hateful to ourselves, do not do to others. At first glance, they seem to be the same as what Jesus is saying. However, when you look at them close, they're not the same. Those stated by major religions and philosophers are all stated in the negative. What we don't want others to do to us, we shouldn't do to them. Much of our society has run on this rule. It's not a bad rule. It's a passive rule. In order to fulfill it, you need only not to do certain things. If I don't want my neighbor to steal from me, I don't steal from him. If, you don't, if I don't want my neighbor to curse at me, I don't curse at him. That's what it's essentially saying. You need only to do certain things because it's stated in the negative. As I said, it's been dubbed the silver rule. It's an important rule. It's a common sense rule. But it's not the golden rule. It's, a re, it's not a religious rule. You don't have to be religious to follow it. Listen to the sum of the silver rule. What you do not want done to you, do not do unto others. That's not the same as so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. The silver rule is what the whole society is run by. It means reframing from certain activities. It means that society, in order to function and have some peace and civility, is run on the silver rule. That's not bad. In most cases, it's not difficult to live by the silver rule because it's based on not doing something. It's a passive rule. All I must do in order to fulfill this rule is not do anything to harm my neighbor. And this is one of the things that people tell you all the time when you talk to them about Jesus. They'll say, look, I'm, I pay my taxes. I don't cheat on my spouse. I go to work every day. I don't harm anyone. Thus, the silver rule. I'm not a bad person, they will tell you. As society, we must live by this rule, or there would be anarchy. And you notice what I've, I've seen on TV, and you've probably seen it today, in some of these major cities, we're almost an anarchy. And so they're not living by any rule. Perhaps they're living by an animalistic rule, but it's not the silver rule. The silver rule controls behavior, negative behavior.
It's a rule that's motivated out of preservation, a mutual existence rule. The golden rule is a positive rule. Listen, before Jesus, no one had ever put the rule in a positive form. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's much more positive than don't do something. This is do something. I like the way the King James puts it. Therefore, in all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I miss the ye's every once in a while. People don't read the ye's anymore. When this rule is put to others, it's in a positive way. We are told not to, we are we are told that we must actively do things different than the world. The, the golden rule, I mean, the silver rules don't do something. The golden rule is do something. One's negative, one's positive. We must have a new attitude towards people. Not just I must not do to them what I don't want them to do to me, but one of do to others what you would have them do unto others. <laughs> What you have them do unto you. This is a whole new attitude. Now, how many know what the Christian nasties are? Now, Celeste, you don't answer this. Christian nasties. Ever heard that term? Christian nasties? This week, I had an opportunity to speak to some people in a foreign country about an issue I was having on a product. And you know, you get that call, and they're over in some foreign country, and you have difficulty time understanding them. And they're trying to explain something to you. And your barometer of excitement and Christian nasties is raising, and you want to keep it under control. How many always keep it under control? Raise, those li raise your lion hands. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. You're talking to somebody somewhere. You're trying to explain to them. You can't understand them. You're going back and forth. You're, you just get elevated. As that was happening to me, as I was studying this, this came to my mind. Art, they're only doing their job. You know, they have a job to do. You're trying to get some information. Perhaps you could treat them a little nicer. And, and so... I find that the Christian nasties, which I call them, they could pop up like that. You're at a traffic sign or a traffic light, and there's a turn signal. The person in front is looking at their phone or whatever they're doing. They don't go. You, they go. At the very last, it's yellow, and now it's red. You're honking. You're honking. You're excited. What? Art, right, you don't do that, do you? Yes. It's one thing not to hurt someone or to say something bad. It's another thing to deliberately do something for their good. Did somebody say amen? Celeste, could you say that every once in a while? You know, you know, you like to get a response that you're at least going somewhere with a message. And my job today is not to make you feel guilty in any way. It's to bring a, a, a message uh, to you. Uh, it's kind of recalibrate. 
Every expensive piece of equipment that you use to measure something, they go through a recalibration process. If you've ever been in industry and you calibrate stuff and you go back to zero or whatever it is, and we need to get ourselves recalibrated sometimes again to God's Word. And that's all I'm trying to do this morning. Not trying to make you feel good, uh, good or bad or ugly or anything. I'm just trying to get you to be recalibrated so that we know how to interface with the world. In order to do this, to say something good or nice, it must start with myself and ask the question, what is it I want others to do to, to me? How do I want others to treat me? I want others to be kind to me. Therefore, am I kind to others? I want others to be friendly to me. Am I friendly to others? I want others to treat me with respect. Do I treat others with respect? A la the person on the phone. How do I treat others who are different? Kids, race. Uh, race relationships, poor, rich. How about political? You know the other side is wrong. I've been told this a hundred times. But do I do treat them with respect? Do I treat all others with eagerness to hear their input? Or do I want them to pick up and take their, what they're talking to me about down the road? Because I don't really care what you're talking about. But when I'm talking, I want them to listen to me. Do I let others share their hurts? And am I sympathetic to their needs? I want someone to care for me. I want someone to care enough to call me and include me in activities. Do I call and include others in activities? I want some to help me when I have a physical need. Do I help others who have a physical need? I want you to try to understand my hurts and have empathy. Do I try to understand yours? I want to have your attention when I speak. I want to know you're interested. Do I give people my full attention when they speak? Am I looking them in the eye? Am I excluding all other things like my cell phone? You know, it's buzzing in my pocket. Is that more important than what they're discussing with me? Excuse me. You know, this is a short list. On the other hand, I don't want to make it difficult. I don't want you to make it difficult for me in my life. But do I make it difficult for other people? Do I poke their buttons, their hot buttons? Do I get them excited? Do I do that intentionally? Do I want that done to me? Man. This is the time slip. Say Amen. Thank you, Celeste. That's my girlfriend back there. <laughs> the golden rule must be applied to every situation. It says in everything, we must do good to those. You know, we like to have the selective rule. It doesn't say do good to others who treat me right. <laughs> Celeste and I went to get a passport recently. How many have gotten a passport recently? 
Yeah, and, and so here's, here's our dilemma. You get online, they say, go to this post office and get down to the post office, and the guy says, did you fill out the form? I said, you know, it's on the website, didn't say anything. Well, you have a half an hour, so why don't you fill out the form? Well, I have difficulties filling out the form. So, and you can't have any scratch-throughs. So you scratch it through, you take it up there, can't have any scratch-throughs, go back. So after about six times of this, now an hour's gone by, we've missed our window. And there's about 15 minutes before it's lunchtime, and you know, if you've ever been a federal worker, they take their lunchtime. I understand that. And they close the gate in front of you. So it's 15 minutes before. And, and the guy comes out, and, and we finally get it all fig, filled out, me and Celeste, and we think it's pretty good, no scratch-throughs. I spelled everything correctly. And the guy comes out who does this. They only have one person. And now he starts sorting mail. And I'm standing there. He sees me. I'm sort, he's sorting mail. And I said, uh, oh, okay, we're ready now. And he said, oh, you missed your window. Now, we've been there an hour and a half. Other people have been for us. And, and, and what wells up inside me is not, oh, hallelujah, I get to fill out another time because it takes you a week to get there again. And so I, welling up with inside me is this Kristen Nasty. And, 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 and my girlfriend, Celeste, wants to add something. So what we decide, hey, we're not going to say anything. But we're certainly going to write something on, on the website. But we decided not to do that either. So the guy says, well, I have an appointment for you next week, a week from now. Same time. And I'm thinking to myself, doesn't he work for me? Isn't this a postal worker? U.S. government works for me? It only takes 20 minutes. He could have let five minutes go by on his lunch hour and helped a couple of senior people. I was going to say old, but senior people. <laughs> but he didn't. And I could feel that gate. You know, got a motor on it, comes down. So we come back the next week, and I'm figuring... He doesn't even remember us. But I remember him because I'm now back. This is two hours to get a passport. It probably takes 20 minutes. And it's not his fault. It's my fault. Because I don't, you know, scratch throughs. And, and so he's really nice. We're really nice. And I'm thinking, he certainly has a different attitude this week. And I, and I had a different attitude. But my initial reaction was to fire up. And every one of us in here knows what that's like. And if you don't, talk to me later, and I'll help explain that to you. <laughs> the golden rule shows us love all the time, even when it's undeserved. Hence grace. God gave his love to us even when we didn't deserve it. It's the grace of Almighty God. This is the grace rule. And it, shouldn't it be extended grace and forgiveness to others that we have received? When Jesus says everything, then he means it must be practiced all the time. It must be a regular part of the Christian life. And that's why I want to recalibrate us back to point zero that Jesus talks about. We need recalibration sometimes in our Christianity. It must be a regular part. It must be 
our Christian life. Isn't that what Christian life is about? It's grace, loving, forgiveness through the power of the Holy Spirit in and of ourselves. We can't do that. Well, there you go. Excuse me. Notice the gold rule doesn't say that if we treat others like we want to be treated, that they will respond in kindness. They certainly didn't do that to Jesus, who the most gracious, loving individual who ever walked this earth. They certainly weren't kind to him. It doesn't guarantee any results. As a matter of fact, as I said, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.11 said, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. The results might be they treat you even worse than they treated than you treated them. If you treat people with kindness, there's no guarantee that they're going to treat you with kindness back. Jesus loved them. Then why do it, Art? Because we live the life guided by our King. We live a different style life. We have a different attitude. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to listen to him and understand God's word and apply it in that situation at that time. We don't take guidance from the world. We don't take our guidance from the silver rule, yet we live the silver rule. We should in every situation ask, what would I want in this situation? When we get the answer, we stop asking questions and start to respond. You know, I'm a question answer. I mean, ask a lot of questions. And, and people do that. But once you get the answer, do something. You know, Psalm 139 says that God knows the words on our tongue before we speak it. And so the power of the Holy Spirit's there to help us to understand, slow down, and, and make sure. Make sure that you slow down and listen to the Holy Spirit and understand the Word of God on how to respond. The problem is it's not something we're used to doing unless we recalibrate every once in a while and see what God's Word has to say for us. It is not something we are sure will work. We have been trained by ourselves and others. If that's how they're going to treat me, fine. Then I won't have anything to do with them. You can't imagine how many people over the years told me somebody did something to them and they don't want to have anything to do with them further. I'll just ignore them. One day they'll need me and see if I help them. That's not the golden rule. That's the selective rule. I'll select who I want to apply the golden rule to. We are changed people where Christ's love abides within us. This should motivate us to be different, different than the world. We have this new nature. New life in Christ needs a new attitude, new kingdom principles. We are beatitude people, and we look beyond what the silver-ruled people are doing 
and know that there's a future for us that God has provided for us and that we want to share with them. One man said the golden rule is best interpreted as a saying, treat others only in ways that you are willing to be treated in the same exact situation. To apply it, you imagine yourself in the, next, in the exact place of the other person on the receiving end of the action. If you act in a given way toward another and yet are unwilling to be treated that way in the same circumstance, then you have violated the rule. And the golden rule is not just a New Testament rule. In Exodus 23.9, it says, Do not oppose an alien. You yourself know how it feels to be an alien because you were an alien in Egypt. About treating people how you were treated before. Knowing how you were treated before, you want to treat others better than that. Hey, this is one I like. Exodus 23.4 If you come across your enemy's donkey or ox wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. Now I know every time my ox walks away, I want somebody to bring it back to me. Or my donkey. Don't you? Come on. In Luke 10, 30, the 37, is a well-known parable by Jesus. A man's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when some robbers attacked him. Now that can happen every day in America now. And it says the priest or the preacher or the pastor plus the Levite, the elder or the deacon, they come over and observe him, but they don't do anything to help him. They are observing the silver rule. They're not harming him. They're not helping him. They're just observing. This must be called the observation rule. Then the good Samaritan comes by and actually lives the golden rule towards the man. I know that if I'm ever in that position, I don't care who you are. I want help. I want to be treated the way I would treat others. But I don't want to be, have somebody just observe me. Are you, are you, are you, are, uh, what? What are you doing down there, Art? I want somebody to help me. The Samaritan understand and live the golden rule. Today we have many opportunities to demonstrate the golden rule. Your neighbors, your co-workers. Oh, don't talk to me about my co-workers. They're a bunch of goomers. You know, I'm just barely getting along here. Maybe you don't have people at work. I have in the past. You know, they don't help you. They don't harm you. They don't do anything for you. How many remember the movie, it was called Pay It Forward? A little kid gets an assignment. How are we going to save the world? And what he does is he says, I'm going to pay it forward to three people, and they'll do it the same, and eventually this will go all over the world. It's an interesting con uh, concept. But you and I have the ability to pay it forward what we were paid the grace of God towards other people to more than three people. Every day. Are we understanding the golden rule? We just hear about it every once in a while. We read it, somebody says something. But this is a life that we should live every day. The golden rule. 
The last part of verse 12 says that this sums up the law and the prophets. The law was given to try to keep sin in check, to enforce people to act good, good behavior. You know when we understand the golden rule, we don't even think about the law because we're living like Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit through understanding the Scripture gives us that we just live the way we're supposed to live in Christ because we understand the Scripture. The life of the golden rule is life of extending grace to others. It is life not worrying about keeping the law, but extending to others what we need, and that's grace. The golden rule is a life extending grace to others who desperately need it. Can you show that video? Let me get out of everybody's way here. She's going to be punished according to the law. Take her to the monster. Master, what should we do? This woman has been caught in the act of adultery. She should be punished according to the law. What do you say? Answer, Master. We want to know your opinion. Yes, tell us. Is it right to kill her? He among you who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. your accusers. Is there anyone here who's condemned you? Uh, no. No one. Then neither do I condemn you. Uh, Go. And sin no more. time I read that in the Bible, those, those verses, and, and see it, I weep. Because that's you and me. Her sin was adultery, but there's other sins that we had that God was merciful and graceful to us. 
Shouldn't we extend that to other people? The golden rule? She needed forgiveness, wanted forgiveness. She needed, well, they were going to kill her. The, need, the woman needed grace and forgiveness. Someone who could see past the sin and see the need of forgiveness for her. The civil rule is important for you and I to live in society. However, much more important is for you and I to understand the golden rule and that we must live by it. Living the golden rule is a life beyond the civil rule. It is Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. His attitude there was forgiveness. Everyone in that crowd had some sin, and they were pointing out hers. Jesus knows we can change the world. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Don't wait for them to do something for you. We need to take the initiative. We need a recalibration this morning. You want to be forgiven? Forgive. You need affirmation? Affirm. You feel hurt, wounded, broken, and could stand a gentle touch? Be a gentle touch to others. You appreciate tact? Be tactful towards others. You enjoy a compliment, compliment others. The golden rule will transform our action if we truly apply it. Never be mean, always generous, never harsh, always understanding, never cruel, always kind. And bring them the gospel message. That is our, our, our responsibility. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus gives us this assignment. To go out and make disciples. He didn't say, oh, by the way, while you're out there, why don't you just condemn everybody? That's not, in the, that's not in it. It's our responsibility to take the gospel to everybody. Recalibrate where you're at this morning. See others as God has seen them, as he sees them. In everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, would you bow your heads? Our Father and our God, I, I, I can't say, Lord, that I've always done unto others as I would have them do unto me. I probably live more of the silver rule at different times, mostly, I guess. And I ask you to help us this morning in a recalibration process of what it means to do unto others, to show them grace and forgiveness. Man, and just to love people. God, we were that woman caught in adultery. Just we were caught in something else. And you forgave us. Go and sin no more. No greater words. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What greater words? God, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for forgiving me. And all those who hear us this morning, or hear me this morning, that God, you have forgiven them and save them i ask you to help us in turn to understand that lord that we might speak to others starting today 
What a great God you are. What a holy, wonderful God you are. There's no God like you, and I praise you this morning that your word is crystal clear for us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I ask you to help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing?